Very common mistake that I see many founders make, myself included, is they run the race at a sprint's pace and gas themselves out. We've been hit with a lot over the last few years, right? Anyone who is starting a business has been hit with a ton. I'm still seeing a lot of the same ways of evaluating founders and startups that don't take into consideration a lot of the unique experiences that Black founders have. When a challenge arises, we're always the ones to rise to the occasion. I feel like I saw more Black founders getting funded. We'll see what the data looks like when it comes out. I would say that younger people maybe are noticing the startup space, young Black girls and boys. So I think it's just kind of front and center in the culture. I think there is a bigger divide where race is a factor. Being able to prepare for that in hindsight would have been really nice, but we can't go back in time. Follow love, not fear. Meaning don't let fear drive your decisions. Instead, let it be love. What's up on Foundation? Dan Kihanya here. Thanks so much for checking out this special episode of Founders Unfound. Those were snippets from the first guests we ever had on the podcast way back in 2019. At Founders Unfound, we're celebrating three years of bringing you amazing founders and their stories. Early in June 2022, we published our 50th episode, so exciting and unbelievable at the same time. To recognize both of these milestones, I thought I'd do a little retrospective and catch up with our first season's entrepreneurs. Stay tuned for their updates and wisdom. You'll want to listen in. But before that, please make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere you get your podcasts, even YouTube. And if you like what you hear, drop us a five-star review on Apple or at podchaser.com. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn at Founders Unfound. Now, on with this special episode, stay safe and hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Founders Unfound, spotlighting the best startups you don't know yet. We bring you stories of exceptional founders from underrepresented backgrounds. I'm your host, Dan Kihanya. Let's get on it. What an amazing three years. When Deborah and I started this project back in early 2019, we had no real concept of what was to come. We just believed that the narrative of no black founders out there to support was just bunk, and that storytelling is a powerful way to bring those journeys to life. We had no idea just how incredible all of our guests would turn out to be. Doggedly building companies against the backdrop of a global pandemic, social unrest and protest around racial injustice, a highly contentious election, and political divisiveness that still divides the U.S. today in 2022. All with economic uncertainty, inflation, climate events, and ever-frequent natural disasters. But through it all, day by day, startups and founders struggle, lead, and attempt to thrive. Many have been truly tested, and it's no different for the startups represented by our guests at Founders Unfound. Since we started in 2019, we've had 50 episodes interviewing 50 different founders from 48 companies. Some of the highlights from this incredible group, they currently employ around 500 employees, along with countless contractors, part-time consultants, and advisors. Founders came on the show having raised an average of about 450000 at the time of their recording. They have collectively gone on to raise over $213 million in outside funding. Incredible when you think about all the challenges in fundraising that have faced entrepreneurs, especially founders of color. Our guests have participated in many of the premier accelerators, studios, and competitions in the U.S. ecosystem, from Y Combinator to Techstars and beyond. And they've received a multitude of accolades and media coverage from the likes of Forbes, CNBC, TechCrunch, and Good Morning America. 
If I were an investor in this portfolio, I'd be pretty happy with the results so far. At the same time, these founders haven't been immune to the challenges many startups have had to endure since 2020. We've seen co-founder and key team members turn over. We've seen some businesses sunset or go dormant. Many have had to pivot in some way, and all have had to deal with the challenge of leading teams through seasons of acute stress and uncertainty. The fact that so many of our guests' companies are actually growing and optimistically driving forward is a testament to the grit and sheer determination that Black founders demonstrate daily. To celebrate our anniversary, we decided to go back to the beginning, 2019, and catch up with the five founders we had on the show that first year. Stella Oshulu of WeSolve, Kwame Bowler of New, Akechi Wabusi of Tribal, Barakola of Carbice, and Coach A.K. Ekwaka from Elite Styles. I wanted to find out what the world of 2022 looked like compared to 2019 from their eyes. But before exploring that, I got a quick update from each of them. Stella was our very first interview, coming in just after she completed Techstar Seattle. As a reminder, WeSolve uses a tech platform to create challenges that help corporations engage with and recruit diverse talent. I'm forever grateful that Stella was brave enough to be my first, and she kept it real right out of the gate. Since then, Stella has continued to grow WeSolve, raising close to a million dollars, and cultivating great clients like Salesforce and Discover. Stella has been featured in Forbes, PC Magazine, and TechCrunch. And she's also gone on to co-found Fifth Star Funds, a Chicago-based venture philanthropy fund investing in underrepresented founders. Our second interview was with the founding team of New, a company creating a marketplace matching Airbnb hosts with on-demand cleaning. Since 2019, Kwame and Claudius have gone on to complete Techstars and raised almost a million dollars. The company has also pivoted to providing a platform that focuses strictly on home cleaners, and they renamed themselves to Spritz with a Z. Like many of our founders, Kwame and Claudius aren't waiting for a super exit before giving back. Kwame helps out with Venture Out in Austin, which empowers folks who want to leave corporate life for entrepreneurship. Claudius is on the board of an organization focused on supporting STEM for kids and is also exploring the investor side of things with Startup Haven Ventures. Fun fact, Claudius was recently a contestant on Fox TV's Domino Masters. Our third guest was Baratunde Kola, founder and CEO of Carbice. Carbice, as you might recall, is revolutionizing material science in a quest to help all electronics, big and small, cast off heat. Their new Carbice Lab and Carbice Sim are first of their kinds for thermal material design and qualification. Since 2019, the company has raised $15 million and is building out a lab and manufacturing facility in Atlanta. Barra is a noted leader in the city's booming startup ecosystem. In his spare time, he still maintains ties to his professorship at Georgia Tech and, oh, by the way, is on the board of advisors for the Smithsonian. Next up, we had Akechi, the founder and CEO of Tribal. Back then, the company was focused on building a community that helped folks stay connected to heritage and culture. Now, Tribal has evolved to focus on the financial lens of community, with investment clubs and clear connections to Web3, DeFi, and cryptocurrency. Akechi has raised about $500,000 and forged partnerships with Circle USD Coin and, most impressively, Visa. And rounding out our guests for 2019, Coach A.K. Walker of Elite Styles. Unfortunately, A.K. decided to sunset Elite in 2021. The formal attireware business it was based on just couldn't survive the pandemic. But A.K. landed on his feet for sure. He moved from Boston to L.A. and now is a leader for Google's sales excellent coaching. His speaking and consulting take him all over the world. He also has a new company called Mobile XA which helps other startups scale in 90 days via remote teams. When I chatted with each guest, 
I wanted to find out how they viewed things differently for black founders in 2022 versus 2019 and what advice they'd give themselves in retrospect. First up, here's Stella, Kwame, Ikechi, Farah, and AK talking about the contrast of black entrepreneurship in 2022 compared with 2019. I think between 2019 and today, 2022, there are a lot of things that are different for Black founders, me specifically. But I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of things that are still the same. They just might not present in that way. And so I think for me personally, in 2019, it was still a struggle as a Black founder to get folks to take a bet on investing There wasn't as much attention on the challenges and the need for a concerted effort to change funding and the venture landscape for Black founders. And I think after the death of, or the murder, I'm sorry, of George Floyd, there was a lot of attention given towards the inequities and the disparities between Black folks and others here in the U.S. and that has put a lot of attention and spotlight on investing in Black founders. I've seen a lot more deal flow, attention, media going towards Black founder. And actually, I say that with a grain of salt. It's not exactly a lot more given in the grand scheme of things, but we are seeing the attention and and more discussion around it. When I say some things are still the same, I'm still seeing a lot of the same fundamental methodologies or ways of evaluating founders and startups that don't take into consideration a lot of the unique experiences that Black founders have and adjust accordingly. I'm not seeing in the macro sense a shift in thinking about how we deploy capital. But what I am seeing as far as being a founder of a company that's in the diversity space, a lot more attention from our prospects, our companies that we serve. We've built a really huge inbound wait list of companies that want to work with WeSolve that want to improve their diversity. Now, how much effort and time and resources are they actually going to commit? You know, that's TBD, but there's definitely been an influx and an uptick in that focus, something that we're really excited about. So one of the key differences I identified between us in 2019 and where we are now is just the fact that we're considerably more confident in our own abilities. One thing that time has shown us is that when a challenge arises, we're always the ones to rise to the occasion. And that has made us not only feel more validated through the experience that we face or challenges that we overcame, but comparatively reassured us that we're high performers well within this industry and definitely are very deserving of the success that we've received. I would say that you see a few more funds that are small, that are led by Black people. You see a few more faces as associates, operating partners in some of the larger funds. And you hear more people talking about diversity, inclusiveness, That's what I see. That's my experience. You know, I see the people, I see the funds where they are. I hear the talk. You know, those things don't change my strategy or kind of how I operate as a founder, but it's what I see in the landscape of the environment. And that's certainly a change. 
I think also I would say that younger people maybe are noticing the startup space. Young black kids, girls and boys are noticing it a bit more. So I think there's more opportunity to kind of affect the future of the youth through what has happened over the past couple of years with the George Floyd. You know, as a result of that, there are several numerous things that kind of fall out of what people want to take action on. And I feel like one of them is on business ownership. And as a result of that, people start looking a little bit more at startup ecosystem. And that could just be unique to Atlanta, because I think Atlanta has a startup scene and a tech scene that is on the rise. So it's kind of top of mind and topic. And at Georgia Tech University, where I'm affiliated, they have a focus on that. So I think it's just kind of front and center in the culture. Black founders have been getting more funding. It looks like we can't say that until we close out our rounds from a personal perspective, but just looking at the overall ecosystem, increase in first time black fund managers, it seemed just on like the network. I feel like I saw more black founders getting funded. We'll see what the data looks like when it comes out right at the end of the year, but it seems like things have been somewhat progressing. While it's also like, well, overall, more capital was entering into the startup ecosystem as a whole. So when it comes down to dollar for dollar, are we getting more money? Maybe not, but I'm definitely seeing more people get money, which feels good at least. Today, it's a lot more clear that Black culture, Black content, that there's a business case for creating things geared towards specifically the Black community. I think you're seeing that like across entertainment, across technology, you know, Cash App, everything Jack's doing with Bitcoin Africa, etc. The understanding of the value of Black culture has increased and has now allowed for Black leaders to enter into roles, whether creating their own businesses or joining companies to kind of be the source of cultural capital, right? Unfortunately, you know, our IP is still being used and the capital is still being controlled at times by the same people, but people are breaking through and progress is progress. (laughs) You know, when I think about myself as a Black founder in 2019 and now in 2020, I look at it in different ways. For one, I lived in Boston pre-pandemic, where that environment was much smaller and your race, your gender was much more concentrated and much, much more talked about. So being a Black founder in Boston is very different than being a Black founder in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is just a much bigger place. It has much more diversity from people all around the globe in different sectors, different interests, different hobbies. You know, it's big in the entertainment world. So for me, I haven't actually really thought about being a Black founder in Los Angeles. It's never actually crossed my mind because the demographics are very different. But at the same time, if you actually look within the country, I think there is a a bigger divide where race is a factor. It is played. But I think a lot of it depends on the location in which you live and how much it's going to be on the forefront of people's minds. And here now is the great advice our guests would give from 2022 to the 2019 versions of themselves. If I could go back in 2019, that's pre-COVID, one, I would tell myself to 
really think about self-care and how I continue to be the leader that I need to be to show up to do the hard work that I'm doing. I would also really focus on building a more foundational leadership team within my organization and the importance that it would be in allowing me to delegate a lot of the responsibility of WeSolve and, and find really great partners to help build and scale WeSolve because uh, we did not know that we were going to get the influx of attention, capital, revenue, and companies that we have. And so I think being able to prepare for that in hindsight would have been really nice, but we can't go back in time. <laughs> I'd say the biggest piece of advice that I would give to myself and to any founder that's going for venture funding is the understanding that fundraising is sales. So everything that I just said and those other four pieces are key components to that last point, which is it's really important to understand that you're selling a person on your dream, your vision, and what the company will be able to accomplish. They're selling a person on your leadership, your team, your ability to make that vision a reality. And so it's extremely important to recognize that when you're talking to people who could be investing in your company, that you're definitely leading with your strengths, not necessarily your weaknesses, that you're ensuring that you're positioning the company positively and for success, that you're qualifying the values of your teams in their contributions, and that you're again bringing and leading and beaming confidence because no one wants to buy into a product that where they feel as if the person that is leading or is driving the ship is not completely confident in their ability to execute what they're saying. And so I would also just kind of condition for extra credit, less is more. It's much more important for you to provide less information and enable your person or the person that you're speaking with as an investor or anyone really to double click, then try to explain every single thing to them. Turn it into a conversation and make it organic. Probably would tell him to start doing Pilates classes a little bit earlier than you did, just to just to manage your stress a, a bit better. <laughs> you know, because that's worked out fantastic since the pandemic started. The main thing I think that in terms of just what we've been doing at the company, we've been tremendously fortunate that. We made some good decisions about our strategy and approach, but you can't avoid the stress of the environment in which you operate and just the inherent things with supply chains and your customers and their supply chains and their delays. So I think, the, you know this, Dan, the journey of a startup founder is one of resilience and anything that you can do to better prepare yourself to be bulletproof. I would go back and just kind of remind my earlier self get ready, eat your veggies, you know, work out a little bit more. And I've been doing that, but I, I probably started a little later than I could have. And for me, the pandemic was a fortunate thing because it forced me, I built a gym in my garage. So I had access to working out more frequently. So I, because of the pandemic, I've been taking better care of my body. And we didn't have that boundary condition. I could be in a completely different place, physically, mentally. Keep building. Keep building is the best thing I can say right now. I think we've been hit with a lot over the last few years, 
right? Anyone who is starting a business has been hit with a ton. And I think starting with the pandemic, but now we're in this, or we're getting into this recession, I think builders will be rewarded, right? We're kind of entering into this new internet on one end, right? And also entering into this bear market where you actually got to, you need to become a business, right? And ultimately we were on the right path back then. The world kind of had to change (laughs) for alignment, right? To start to happen. Everything from the pandemic starting and us really shifting to digital commerce, kind of fast tracked us into the future. Social commerce started to become really big narrative and crypto got really big. And then I think ultimately in Web3, the term DAO came about. And we like to talk about DAOs. It's like, yo, if a DAO is a group chat with a shared bank account and cap table, right? Then Tribals is Discord for DAOs, which kind of helped align the story to something that people understood the behavior of. So I would just say, keep building. We're moving down the right road. And now we're here and we're early. So it's interesting. Even if I were to give myself advice in 2019, I never would have understood it. The only advice I would give myself three years ago is to continue on the path and trust the journey that everything is going to work out when it needs to work out. You need to go through those ups and downs. You need to go and take your lickings along the way because all of those little muscles that you're building along the way of strength of getting back to where you need to, especially during the pandemic of people losing things and gaining things and finding new perspectives. If I had to give myself actual some type of advice from three years ago, it would be to meditate daily. And it sounds so small, but the impacts are so large. And then two would be to follow love, not fear. Meaning don't let fear drive your decisions. Instead, let it be love. So where do we go from here? In many ways, Black founders have as much opportunity as ever, but barriers still remain, and funding, as a percentage of the total, still falls well short of what should come their way. So I will continue to make Founders Unfound episodes, as long as there are underrepresented founders whose stories need to be heard. I will put out shows, sometimes less frequently, sometimes more frequently, and I'll even take small breaks. But rest assured, my commitment remains strong. As always, we still want and need more people, especially those with influence and capital, to hear from our founders. So take two minutes and share Founders Unfound with someone whom you think is hungry for these stories. Thanks so much for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Dan Kihanya, with audio editing and production by We Edit Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, or simply go to foundersunfound.com forward slash listen to, that's listen to and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn at Founders Unfound. And make sure to tell your friends about us. We appreciate every single new listener. I am Dan Kihanya, and you've been listening to Founders Unfound.